With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. What is up? Welcome to episode number 274 of On the Corner, the official pitchless.com podcast i'm your host alex fast joined as always by mr 12 minutes himself nick pollock nick how you doing man i wish what is happening i wish this article took 12 minutes fast it didn't you were playing you know what I let's really, get into I our really personal lives did. and the interests let's start with you just finished playing 12 minutes and was it an enjoyable game or not it was good it was fine there's you know it, 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 i predicted the turns that would happen uh I felt very smart. Okay. I uh, but I mean it's a uh, it was good. You know? Fine. I I played with some friends and uh had a fun time. What you know what I you know what I played that I'd never I saw a random trailer for it on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> YouTube. And it's a game on Switch called Dreamscaper. Have you ever heard of it? No. I'd never heard of it either and I just saw the trailer and I was like, "Yeah, I'll buy it. It's 25 bucks. It is a fantastic game, especially oh. if you like if you like roguelites." uh well I mean, very I you game. do oh yeah i do i, mean, I, I generally do too i feel like i think you would this, dig maybe? it okay. because any game that like any roguelike that can successfully imbue a sense of story and not like dead mm. cells like dead cells isn't like a, a like story hades. to me yeah like hades which is like one of the best games yeah. i've played the past like five or six years so good dreamscaper is like um more indie hades Oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah, we're, it's 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 a lot of fun. And 25 bucks, yeah, I'll do that all day. But that's not what we're here to talk about unless you <laughs> want to hear us talk about video games, which I'm nope. more than happy to talk about for quite some time. We're another here to podcast. talk about... Yeah, yeah, another podcast. <laughs> Nick and Friends and Video Games. Um, we're here to talk about this opus that was published late today that took all of Nick's blood, sweat, and tears. If only you could see the live video of this. There's a little <laughs> light behind his eyes that has gone out. It has fully drained him for the day. Uh, but it's, and go look, go look at the list. You'll see why. Yeah, so I think it's not even like the work that drained me. Because honestly, doing the list, like I do that from 12 to 4 anyway, every Monday. Yeah. I mean, this one took an extra hour or so, but um, it's more of just... It's so impossible. It's so impossible to feel like really strong yeah. about this, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, um, 
Oh man, it, 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 I I I feel for people that are gonna look at this and go, "Oh, I feel so confident now." I don't, but I I, I hope I hope it helps. So and we're gonna talk fine. about that. That's that's what we're gonna talk about for the next hour or so. And this is just gonna be a hodgepodge of pitchers and stardom and don't stardom. And we're going with our gut here. But before we get into that, Nick decided to fill the void that Aubrey Huff left us on Twitter this week with Excuse a hot me? take, with a big old hot take oh. about the Cy Young. And How dare ERA. you even like compare me to Aubrey Huff for a second? In a vacuum, anytime I just see an egregiously incorrect take, I'll call oh, it the Aubrey it. Huff. You know it's not an egregiously <laughs> well, incorrect take. The people you know on the stream... It? The people on the stream wanted to talk to us. I uh, wanted to talk to you about it. So, what was the tweet at first, and then we'll get into it. So, the idea is, uh, and I've expressed this before if, on Twitch and elsewhere uh, before I put out this tweet, but I just felt it was an interesting discussion, so I decided to put it out. Um, is for the Cy Young, and keep in mind, this is just the Cy Young, not for any other quantitative purposes or assessments or whatever. Just for the award of the Cy Young, the only stats that really matter are ERA and innings pitch. So essentially, how how few runs you allowed and how often you express that ability to limit runs. Okay. Right? Because at the end of the day, when it comes to baseball, I don't care how many strikeouts you have or whip or grounders or the limit of barrels and all that stuff like that we all talk about all the time. The ex-woba and all that. When you're actually playing the sport of baseball, all that matters is how how many runs did they score and how good you are at limiting that and then how often you can express it. So if you're really good at it, but you only do it for, you know, four or five innings to start while someone else does it over six or seven, then that's obviously more important. Uh, I know that there are there's a lot of pushback because of the definition of what the Cy Young means. Uh, For some people, it's about, no, I just want the most just just uh, dominant in whatever terms I have for it. Um, I would agree that this is an expression of the best pitcher. Uh, however, I strongly lean towards E-Ray in innings pitch because how we see as the best pitcher um, isn't as objective as we would like it to be. And at the end of the day, if a guy is have, has a higher whip, than someone else you know what maybe those were situations where he was wisely walking them and pitching around them so that his team could not get an earned run that inning and then have a better ERA or so there are a lot of nuances and things that go into how the game plays out where at the end of the day it's about using all those tools to make sure that there are runs off the board if this guy gets more it keeps more runs off the board than someone else Sure, he maybe has a lower strikeout rate, or he you know, doesn't allow, or got lucky with Babip or something like that. The other day, he didn't. He didn't. It's not about the predictiveness. It's not about what should have happened. It's what happened. And so I think ERA and innings pitch. Now, team defense does come into play. I can, I can understand an argument of like, yeah, but he played the Cubs every single time, and this guy had to endure cores and had to play the Dodgers constantly, and... That is a better expression of like how good he was because if you even that stuff out, this guy is a better pitcher and everything. And that there is discussion to be had about that. And I actually put that on the tweet that that's those things can affect the ERA portion of it and how much weight goes into it. How much should be in strikeouts is a little bit different. 
Um, but at the end of the day, it's inning pitch and earned runs, and this apparently is Aubrey Huff now. So thank you for that. It is. It is. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to list off a bunch. <laughs> I'm going to list off a bunch of different um, words, and you tell me what category they all fit in. Okay. There's textualism, original meaning, judicial precedent, pragmatism, moral reasoning, national identity or ethos, structuralism, and historical practices. All of these things have to do with my tweet. Exactly. All of these things are different modes at which you interpret the Constitution, right? With every single Supreme Court justice is a different way of interpreting the Constitution. Some are right, some are wrong. I think what we need to start with at the base, and that I think we agree with, is that the Cy Young should go to who the best pitcher is in baseball, right? Well, oh, hold on, hold on. No, okay. no, don't even can't even agree on this. No, because it's Cy Young about, pitcher should not go to the best pitcher in baseball. It should go to the pitcher with the best season. And those that is the don't point. match. They don't. If they don't match, it doesn't match. He's the best pitcher in baseball, but he didn't have a better season than this guy. That's the point I'm trying to get at. But I think that's what they should theoretically match. The best pitcher in baseball, by and large, should have had the best season. Sh- yes. We talk about we talk about should, but did he? Right. That's what that's I think the disconnect is we talk about should and like that's and when we talk about fantasy, we talk about should all the time. That's mm-hmm. what his expected Woba was and his, you know, his FIP as opposed to his ERA and stuff. That's all should. Yeah, but it wasn't. So this is exactly where our paths diverge. Yeah, I based into that. an essence. To me, right. it's just who is it's the best pitcher in baseball? It, yeah, that's not what it is. It's who well, had the well, best hold season. on. That's not what it is to you. There is no, yeah, yeah, there is yeah, what yeah, it fine. is. Fair there enough. is, that's Fair not enough. what it is. Well, yeah. So I see. No, I no, say well. Yeah. Oh, no, well. No, well. There it is. We no understand well. the disconnect and that's what it is. Now. So by your logic, <laughs> then the best two pitchers in baseball winning this, uh, the, the best pitchers over the season, excuse me, by your definition, mm-hmm. uh, winning the Cy Young would be Max Scherzer or would it be Walker Bueller? Yeah, well, so it's very close right now. I don't know exactly where I stand because uh, Bueller has the most innings. Yep. And and actually still has a very slight lead on ERA, very slightly. Not anymore. Very, it's, it just reversed over. It's like 237 versus 236 or something like 231 that. 231 for Bueller, 228 for Scherzer. Yeah, okay, right. But it's also, I think, 20 innings in between? Uh, it is 25. Yeah, so the uh, the amount of innings gap is way larger than the amount of ERA gap. Uh, so I think I still slightly lean Bueller at the moment, but I mean, there's obviously more nuance to it. It's not compl- like I, I put out that tweet saying like it's not just that. It's not just like I look at what is this number, what is that number done? Made my Cy Young mm-hmm. vote. It's like there is some context involved with stuff. I and mean, but when it gets really close like that, yes, I will lean on K rate because yeah, they put themselves in positions where. The defense doesn't actually need to come through, which is independent of the performance of the pitcher, right? You could say so that. Then we're but, talking about the differences in gaps, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is what I'm getting at with that tweet. But uh, at the end of the day, like, it's I'm not just going to look at those two numbers, but as of right now, I have Bueller over Scherzer. I would imagine considering it's 25 innings, that's a significant amount. That's four starts worth. Yeah, definitely. Now, to me, I think it's my base point is going to be FIP. Um, that I think is, yeah, I think it's the you're talking to me. You're talking about who is the best pitcher in baseball. You're talking about removing all of the other extraneous factors whatsoever, because there are certain players that could theoretically impact his defense positively or negatively. So I'm trying to get who is doing that the best, who is overall in essence, a literal term 
the best pitcher so in baseball. So the reason I don't agree with like who is the best pitcher in baseball is the best is the MVP who is the best player in baseball? Uh I think it is, yeah. So we that's not how we treat it. Well, uh, so this year it's going to be Shohei Otani, right? Is he I not mean, the best yeah, player be. in baseball? Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about that though. I'm talking about like in pre- previous seasons, it's about the, the the lay of numbers of like who had the best season. But we yeah. always, but every single year, we're like, oh, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, but then he doesn't win the MVP every single year. Yeah, you know? well, there you could definitely make an argument that he should win the MVP every single well, year. Well, I mean, but I think there are seasons we say no, no, he wasn't the clear MVP, and like you know mm-hmm. that was someone else, and because they had the best season, they're not the best player in baseball. But they, that you know, that's the best season. That, I guess that's what I'm getting at with it. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I, I mean, you can go back and forth too, right? Because the best ERA in baseball doesn't really determine who the Cy Young winner is, right? Well, it's ERA and and innings pitched to me. Yeah. Okay. But wait, I think we're getting that's lost getting in our at. definitions there. What are you getting I'm at? at? I'm getting that ERA. Yeah, it should be. They have the best ERA, and they have essentially not an innings gap that would should remove them from that. That's okay, generally, you, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. You're saying though that the uh, what should the MVP be then? Oh, MVP. Yeah. I uh, MVP is the same thing. Who had, what player had the best season? Had the best season. Yes. Now theoretically we could just rely on war for that, right? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Um I mean that's that's one expression of it, but they take in, they they take a lot of different factors in that I don't necessarily think that they should. I don't know. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I think we should just keep yeah. it simple into the pitchers. I think I think it's about our jumping off points too. I don't think either of us would argue that it's there's you should. Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd have to go back to the wording of your tweet. You do make it very cut and dry at the beginning, where it's like ERA innings pitched. Yeah, I do. And I I mean I, I like I, the, there's only 260 characters, 280 characters on Twitter. Sure. So I tried as best as I could to say these are the ones that matter, and like that's the starting point. That's like those are the two stats I look at. Then. I look at, okay, everything else, it can be two categories. One irrelevant. I call one irrelevant and one not irrelevant. So mm-hmm. obviously there was relevance to it. And it's a, like, these are the factors into ERA. So how we treat that ERA that I am saying matters, right? Yeah. And it is now that I'm looking at this list, it's going to be a very interesting Cy Young finish. You can make cases for Wheeler. You can make cases for Scherzer. You can make cases for Bueller. Cole, you can make a case for Burns. Cole and Cole and Ray are going to be very interesting. Cole and Ray that's, will be uh, that's going to be September determining it. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be very very interesting. Rodon and and Lynn don't throw enough innings, so that's out of the question for me. And we don't know what Rodon's going to be looking like in his next couple starts. Well, if he's that velocity in the first place, yeah, because exactly. I mean, he's dealing with fatigue and all, which is no surprise considering he was throwing ninety three, ninety four in his in his last start. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. All right. Well, now people they can decide for themselves. If you're in the if you're in the association that determines who's going to win the Cy Young, you're going to be able to use your own logic. Now you know Nick's logic. Now you know my logic. Uh, and listen, if we all agreed on stuff like this, we baseball would be a oh, yeah, dead sport. Because so that's yeah, the exactly. whole fun about I mean, it's the these. same thing with fantasy. Is everybody has their own viewpoint of it, and then we all discuss it. If everybody's all the same way, that's just silly. No fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I will wait uh, to buy my Nick is Aubrey off. <laughs> Sure. Don't you dare. <laughs> that's like, that's the most insulting thing you've said. Oh, to it's, me on I'm this just podcast. kidding. You know it. You know it's so Most insulting. 
uh, all right. Now that we've done a good 14 minute conversation on <laughs> on who we think the Cy Young, not even who we think the Cy Young winners yeah, really just are, what but how it they, is. they should be determined. Good we'll save who we think they are uh, <laughs> when at the end of the season. Now we're going to move on to what is this opus? And I mean, really just an opus. If you haven't That's gone and, and checked it out, you should, because it is there's colors, there's <laughs> hyperlinks, um, there's red and blue. Um, all right. So what I want you to do is just run down the overall creation of the list. What are people sure. looking at when, when they go look at this? Okay. Um, hey guys, you know, I make this thing called the list. I, uh, and I do it through the year ranking the top 100, just based on generally my feeling of how these guys really what their ability is. Sometimes I do incorporate schedule. If I really feel like, Oh, Hey, this is something we do need to know. It's, and we can, and we can do, and it's actionable. But in general, schedule is hard to really do because it's just overwhelming. There's so much that with schedule and the future and everything that it would just take too much time on top of the normal process that I go through every single week. However, September comes and it's only a month left. And schedule is just right there in our faces saying like, hey, we, you know, we can take advantage of this as fast, aggressively shakes at the camera. <laughs> schedule! <laughs> so... Yeah, exactly. Uh, is it no wonder we're all afraid of technology? Technology. Sorry, it's a really great YouTube clip, and I'm so sorry for everyone that does not know it. It's one of my favorites. Anyway, I so what I do in September is I look at everyone's schedule and I map it out for everybody and say, "Hey, look, these are the the expected schedules for every team," and then at the end, I, I shove them all into one giant table. And instead of trying to do the ridiculous idea of making the traditional list, which you just can't do uh, with this because that, that comes from a different place of schedule. Uh, uh, doesn't have the foundation of the schedule. This one does. So I decided to make six tiers that are essentially just saying, like, look, if you have these guys, you're going to just keep starting them. Who cares? Mm-hmm. If you have the second tier, then, like, okay. You probably will start them. There might be one or two areas of nuance that you're going to have. Maybe he's he could slow down. I expect him to or I don't or whatever. Uh, the third one is a 50-50 of, yeah, I feel pretty good about these. Or, yeah, maybe not. I don't. Um, unlikely is uh, maybe one or two starts I can see myself doing. But I really don't want to chase it. Do not start is, yeah, I don't really want to risk it even for the good matchups. And do not <laughs> I decided to add that one for fun. I had so many different ways of saying it. And I was like, go away was another one. Um, please no. Uh, anyway, just don't do those guys. Those are the ones that like you are not on a desperate Sunday even starting these guys. And I just wanted to be like, I know that they exist, but don't do that. Uh, Is, then, was then, it on yeah. purpose that those bottom four are all Orioles? Did you lump them together as the very bottom four for a reason? Well, first of all, yes, but no, but yes, uh, I did it for you. Um, also, in that bottom thing, I didn't even like rank them, so yeah, okay. I was just I was just copying and pasting everything in, and it just happened to be that I was like, oh, this is funny. I'll leave this. Yeah, poor Packy Naughton. 
Um, all right. Before we get into that, too, well, first and foremost, uh, a, a huge, huge shout out to what is really the foundation of this list, which is James Shiano. Oh, yes. And the uh, fantastic oh, work he that. did uh, over I, on the rest of season schedule stuff. I want you guys to go follow him, too, on Twitter at Joe. Oh, I can't even say yes, this. Without, yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Uh, Jeter had no range That's on Twitter. Twitter account. Yep. Love it. Uh, I will say that should be the first thing I said. James Shiano has been doing these expected uh, schedules articles all year. He's done an incredible job with them. I, I have them bookmarked all the time because they just super helpful. Um, and yeah, he made the team schedules that I pulled from. I wrote the notes underneath them. He did the uh, uh, the 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 colors for for the team schedules. I if you saw on the stream, I spent a good 20 minutes individually coloring in all of those cells you see for all 156 rows. Well, starting that's, pitchers. So that's, that's what I was going to say at the beginning when you were like, I was like, you're a little dead behind the eyes. It, I think it was mostly because of the formatting that you had to do yeah. while doing this <laughs> list, because that looked like it was an absolute I had nightmare. to also link all of the names that have accents on them because they, those do not have an auto linker. So it was, you know, just uh, the things we do. The things we it's do for love. It. Enjoy the things it. we do for your love. It's once um, a year I have to do, or maybe even twice. I guess next week we do the same thing again next week. And then... Two weeks, it's just two weeks of expected matchups like the uh, SB Streamer articles, but for 14 days. Yes. Um, now, one one more quick thing about James Shiano's offensive tiers. Uh, he does a great job breaking it down in, in many situations by Park, too. At Cincinnati is going to be in one of the worst places that you can stream against, whereas Cincinnati in and of itself it's, away it's is going to be more solid. As, yeah. yeah. But um, obviously, Colorado was the biggest example now, of... I understand these are offensive to look at. Okay. I knew you were going to These are James's offensive yep. tiers. Yeah. Yeah. If you look closely, it's just a bunch of tiny little middle fingers instead of a <laughs> font type. Um. It did upset a lot of people, so I guess so, right? Well, so this is the thing. I mean, I could easily sit back and pick out, well, why did he do this and why did he do that? No, there's never going to be a list that anyone agrees exactly. on in terms of these right. offensive tiers, right? I did think it was interesting. I, I, this is a quick little piece of trivia for you. This inspired me to do a little tweet oh. about the largest separation between um, home wobas and away wobas. Okay, I mean, obviously it's the it's not the Rockies. You're going to tell me? No, no, no. The Rockies are number one with the Orioles oh, okay, second, okay. but only one team, only one team, had no difference between home and away woba. I I'm going to go with the Twins. Hey, seriously. No. Nope. Uh, it oh, was. Man. Why would you uh, do that to me? Why would you, you do it all the time? <laughs> you do it all yeah, the it's time. Really fun. God, it's the uh, best habit. Uh, Detroit. It was oh. Detroit. Yeah, which I thought was kind of interesting. Very, very interesting. Baltimore also love that he were in fine and meh. Big fan of that. Yeah, yeah. Fine meh. Fine meh. Fine, fine meh, meh on this map. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing too, like <laughs> guys, if or guys and gals, anyone, if you're listening to this. And you're like, mm, I really don't think this person should be in that tier. Then make your own offensive rankings and then use this for another incredible resources, which is just who's getting which team. And oh, yeah. What's their schedule look like? The if, next if five you weeks? feel differently about that, then, yeah, that's the cool thing about these. Like there also will be changes to the rotations happens all the time. But mm-hmm. the order of opponents is not going to change. So yeah. once you know, like who swaps or whatever, you can still just use this. It's really, really helpful. I'm going to start off before we begin in earnest about the list uh, with a fun, silly question. You know that I very much enjoy a good data visualization. Sure. Which team has the best data viz here? Which which organization of green and red and gray really I like speaks out? 
yeah, most aesthetically pleasing to you? Oh, it's definitely the Phillies. The Phillies. Let me go they had a nice arch to it. It looks like a uh-huh. little door that you're going to enter. Come on. Welcome. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, have I a can nice get into time. that. I can party with that. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it's Cincinnati. I really, I think there's something really aesthetically pleasing about this kind of weird, you know, symmetrical sort of. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like yeah. um, <laughs> it's just a giant Y. Exactly. And Why the Last Man comes out this week, and it's one of my favorite graphic novels. It comes out on FX. That's and, uh, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it's of course. a great graphic novel. Uh, okay, so now we can get into what everyone is really listening to this podcast for, which is Nick's ridiculous and totally wrong rest of season rankings. Yeah, His words, I'll, not mine. I love that you saw that I called it that. <laughs> yeah. His words, not mine. Oh man, it's it's just it's impossible. I I just gotta say this. Like I remember staring at this. I I literally don't do it during the list because like in season I feel good about it. I can actually be meticulous. Be like, okay, cool. I've reviewed this. I know these guys. I have these feelings about them. No, I can say, yeah, you know, I prefer Tony Disco over this guy, right? And doing this, I literally shouted during the screen the stream, being like, why did all my life choices culminate into this? <laughs> I could do all uh, these things yeah. in the world, yeah. and I decide to sit here and do these. Right, like with with the list. Even I have a drag and drop. I have it all coordinated. Uh, I can do this. This is uh, literally like an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> with in this unlikely tier, and I need to drag, like, to copy and paste. It's just the most painful thing ever because I know it's wrong. Like stress is yeah, rooted sure. from having a problem and not having a solution that you can easily go through and right it's, to, to make it even worse it's not even rooted in like you're not even doing this at the beginning of the year when your energy level is at its peak like we're at the <laughs> bottom of the tank you know what i mean like we're i mean i'm, I'm surviving i know I'm but like hey okay. you're not at 35 percent. no I, i'm not i'm not at a uh, opening day level this is yeah true. come on like we're, we're human beings <laughs> uh, all right so i want to go through these these tiers real quick and i have just a few questions so if you're listening we're not going to go picture by picture there's over 100 100 pictures 150 pictures here so we don't have time to do that also oh, this list is very self-explanatory if you didn't like reading the notes before you don't have to do it now yeah no, just no, go no. find a picture and i got no notes color. guys i did the thing you wanted yeah, so you're no happy. <laughs> so with that said, I want to kind of pick your brain about processes here a little bit, and we're going to start with the auto start, okay? So I want mm-hmm. to know, who was the most surprising person that ended up making the auto start list thanks to a good schedule? Yeah, I mean, there really weren't many. Uh, I think if you're an auto start guy, you are that's more of your ability than it is the schedule, right? Uh, there is one, one pitcher who did not make the auto start tier that based on ability should, but his schedule was so bad. Wait, let me guess. I mean, that's an easy one. Oh, Shane McClanahan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he has four starts. It's the Red Sox, Jays, Jays, and Astros. I mean, you really, like, you couldn't have a worse schedule unless you're Chris Paddock, which is five starts of just Dodgers and Giants. Okay. That's another story. Uh, well, yeah, well, yeah. So I would say, I mean, out of this... Maybe Alex Wood, but it's not that overwhelming. Wade Miley's in here. He gets uh, the the Cubs, Pirates, Dodgers, Nationals, Pirates. That's four out of the five I'm 100% in on. Um, Blake Snell, I decided to give him the 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 leap because, yeah, he's he's in the zone right now. And honestly, he gets the only real scary part is two Dodgers starts, maybe a Giants one. But uh, against the Angels and Cardinals, like you are just you're just going to start him. Okay, uh, if you. 
pointed yeah. questions. One, Please. Alex Wood, still on the IL, theoretically could just be San Diego, San Diego, Arizona, San Diego. That's a great point. I My assumption is that he is starting this week, coming back from the COVID IL. He'll be after the 10 days that it would be that he needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very excellent point. And maybe I should have taken that into consideration. That would put him in the likely start tier because he's okay. missing that amazing start. Um, I also didn't I, – I should mention one thing. I had a methodology of – taking all the guys with five starts first and then the four start after. So I had two separate groupings within each tier. Okay. I've just cool. Let me group all the five start guys and the four start guys. And then in this top tier, I, I realized that, you know, up to a certain point of Shoei Otani, I was like, okay, I think this is the point where I say, you know what? I want Scherzer, Bueller, Woodruff, Burns, Morden, Sale, Castillo, even with four starts above, uh, not the greatest schedule for Frankie Montas and Freddie Peralta and Trevor Rogers, et cetera. So, I mean, that's generally how I approached each of these. You'll probably see some groupings of five starts and four starts because of that. Yeah. Now there's certain guys on here that I think are definitely, um, <clears throat> you know, benefited by schedules that, you know, if the, like if Luis Garcia had a bunch of really difficult starts, great. He would point. theoretically the Astros, be, Oh man. Yeah. Framer yeah. Valdez as well. Yeah, even theoretically, Tyler Molly. There's some incon- that that could have been a likely start if we saw some red there, maybe. Yeah, that uh, schedule is insane. Well, it's more it's more that Tyler Molly is really great on the road and really bad at home. It's the only guy I think, say for like a Rocky, Rockies pitcher, and even they we don't even fully know because they're weird, mm-hmm. uh, of having a such a legit home road split. And the thing is, the home starts though are Pittsburgh and Washington. I was like, all right, fine. If those were actually like middling matchups, say like maybe it was the Twins or maybe it was the Athletics, something like that, then I might have put him into likely start uh, for the home starts, right? Um, because of those. But no, man, I'm going to roll with him because of those. Yeah, that makes sense. So, But then that moves me down to the two people who high ceilings, but... A lot of red here, and that's Jose Barrios, the Yankees, the Rays back to back. I debated Alec this Man- one. I debated then Manoa. This one All right, so let's start with Barrios. So, I mean, with both of them, really. I mean, Barrios, Barrios is the flag, as we know, mm-hmm. the 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 perennial undulator who's going to hover a three <laughs> seven ERA. I, I I know it's destiny. Yeah, I, I seriously, this is I'm so excited for that start against Baltimore because we're going to calculate. What he needs to do <laughs> to have a 370 year array. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a part of him that truly wants to put like whatever odds I can on that actually happening. Um, but that's the thing. If you have Barrios and you have Alec Manoa, you you're going to start them. Yeah. Um Barrios has had good starts against the Rays and Yankees and and twins and whatnot. And, and it's not a scenario where I think as a fantasy manager, I would really be manipulating his starts or not. So I decided for both of those guys, like, you know what? As of right now, yeah, Manoa just had a hiccup. I think he's all right. I think that slide is going to be better. I'm going to be starting him against the Yankees. I'm going to be starting Barrios against the Yankees. And because of that, I'll start all of it. This is conjecture too, but I was I wonder about Manoa and hitting Marte in the head and then what that does for the rest of your start. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. um, The the other person I wanted to talk about in this tier that maybe um, because of ineffectiveness at some point during the middle of the year is a surprise and auto start. And that's Sonny Gray who gets St. Louis, then the Dodgers, then Washington, and then the White Sox. I mean, great start against the Cubs, five innings pitched, no walks, eight Ks with a 41% CSW in that last start are, uh, but before that, you know, 
just three K's, no walks against St. Louis with a 30% CSW, still very good. What was your logic there with making Sonny Gray an auto start? Yeah, maybe he deserved to be a likely start because it is just four outings uh, remaining for Sonny Gray as opposed to the five from others. I think that his last start, he had his curveball working, which is fantastic. And considering you talked about his slider and cutter being changed and improved, um, having the extra weapon now of also having the curveball working is just such a benefit that if Sunday Gray is working, which he is right now, he should demolish the, the Cardinals. Then he should be primed and ready to handle the Dodgers and Nationals and White Sox after. So I'm, I'm thinking the trending is trending in the right direction for September. If I have Sonny Gray, I'm going to be starting him. And yeah, that's kind of why I threw him at the very bottom of the auto starts here uh, with the other guys who have four starts. I guess the same, same thing could theoretically be said for, for Dylan Cease, who has a nice schedule after Boston, but, you know, 30% CSW or higher in his past three starts, that 11K game against Chicago, Sliders which is fantastic. so well. Yeah, but he did. He, you know, the fastball commit was not there last time, and it did mess him up a little bit. Uh, but I, yeah, I think again, it, it's really hard to say this, but the reason why they're an auto start is I think if you have Dylan Cease, if you and really say this about all the other guys underneath here, there aren't act, there actually are serious questions with everyone in the lightly start tier. But if you have Dylan Cease in your team, I'd be very shocked if you're not starting him against Boston. Yeah. Uh, for reference too, Nick talked about how that slider is working 17 whiffs oh, in yeah. that last start, like Gorgeous. just absolutely insane through what 41. Yeah. He threw a lot of me through exactly 41 through 41 sliders in that last start. And it was very nice. I, I would say you want to see like eight to 12, like it's like, Oh, that's good. That's nice. And then when you're talking 15 and up, like, Oh Lordy, pretty yeah, good. It, it, that's ridiculous. That's uh, what? 35% like, uh, swing strike rate on it, which is just better. It's like almost, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, <laughs> if you it's can, crazy good. If you're ever confusing like whiff rate and CSW, then it's like a good thing. You know what I mean? Like if your whiff rate is that high, then you're like, yeah, okay, well, yeah. this is probably yeah, good. Swing, I mean, if, if when like you talk about whiff rates, um, I think you, maybe you put out a tweet about whiff rates recently on someone's, which is which is uh, the denominator is total swings. Mm-hmm. But swing strike rate is across total pitches. And what we see in whiff rates is normally like 35% or something like that. But when the swing strike rate is that, it's like, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lordy. That's um, crazy. Speaking of a lot of whiffs, let's move on to the uh, the likely, uh, excuse me, the yeah, the likely start tier. One of the first person I want to talk about is Sean Manaya, who's been up and down, right? I mean, he had that five and run start against the Yankees. He got blown up by Texas in the middle of August. But then against Toronto at his first start of September, you want to talk about a lot of whiffs. 11 whiffs on a four-seamer is very good. Uh, it's not I like that you're calling it, I like that you're calling it the, uh, the four-seamer because it really is. I mean, it's, it's like these lower slinging guys that they get classified as sinkers but they it's like Andrew Heaney's from before. Sure. Where they called yeah. it a four seamer. It's like, yeah, that's kind of Mania's. I uh, right, but that fastball is back up to 93 and change. Uh there was a moment when he was lagging that was down to 91 and we were getting worried. And then two starts ago against the Yankees at the Yankees start, he did have that fastball, but the changeup and curveball were left up too often. He got a bit burned on it, had to do too much with the fastball, and there you go. The changeup and curveball were still not elite, but they were better against mm-hmm. Toronto and it certainly propelled him. Uh, he survived with those pitches. And I feel we're at a point that Manaya is hinting at that, you know, that June, July run again. Uh, and against the White Sox, you can put that behind you. You get Kansas City and Seattle. And, you know, if this was a better schedule, he's three 
uh, top tier offenses that he's to face Chicago White Sox and of course Houston twice. If it was any better, he'd be in that auto start tier. But sadly, it's just two out of five that are his favor. So here he is. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to our next difficult conversation. And it's someone who a month ago would have been, isn't it? Yeah. Very surprising <laughs> to see in the likely start. Uh, thanks for really ruining that. Uh, Sorry. I, I just I knew you'd bring up Darvish. Well, we what have do? to. What do we I do? Mean, man? What, what the heck do we do? It's it's yeah. terrifying. I mean, it, 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 that was a really, really poor start against Arizona you can excuse him coming back from the IL against the Dodgers but the command is just not there yeah, for the for is, you Darvish the Angels are just not a good offense right now neither I mean, are the Diamondbacks I think the Diamondbacks I, I need to look this up again but I'm pretty sure the Diamondbacks are way better at home than they are on the road okay. um, and I've actually seen this from the roundups like guys get when they get burned by the Diamondbacks it's at home for whatever reason um but I don't know. I, I feel very strongly that Darvish's stuff is still good. If you actually look at that too, um, it wasn't like his 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 pitches were just not moving or all of that. Uh, he, uh, he, the stuff is still there. I, I have to think he does well against the Angels. Sure, there's worry about the Giants, but they didn't get the Cardinals. He should be fine against Atlanta. It. it I think by the end, like over time, he has a TR right now. Right, turn it around right away, which I haven't really given too much this season. Um, at least in the second half. And I think by the time we get to that Dodgers start, things will be recalibrated for uh, for Darvish. Maybe not. I mean, he has been in this rut for over a month now, maybe almost two. Um, actually, over two. What's another month then, right? <laughs> I, we'll, we'll see. I, I think Darvish is too skilled. We were talking about this with a lot of guys in the beginning of the year. Charlie Morton and Luis Castillo and those guys, you know, just give them enough time, but they will figure it out. We trust the stuff. Uh, and, uh, and I think that same way with Darvish. And if anyone's wondering then, well, why wasn't he in auto start? All the kind of back and forth there is your reasoning because uh, we still don't quite know yet. Yeah. So what about Jacob Odorizzi? Is it just the easy schedule that puts him there? Because, I mean, this is a guy who hasn't gone six innings since July. He's been cruising. I mean, it, it's a uh, he had um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, he struggled against weak opponents before. And then recently he's just yep. I can throw four seamers up effectively. I can do this. I'm on a winning ball club. I get Seattle, Texas, Arizona, and the Angels. I mean, mm-hmm. I if I have them, I'm likely starting for all four of those. I mean, if you yeah. don't even want the last one against the Rays, sure, whatever. That's fine. You got four in a row. Are there other people, maybe number 45, who you are on here because they have just insanely easy schedules? It's so good. I mean, the Phillies in general. I keep coughing. I'm so sorry. I uh, the Rockies, Cubs, Orioles, Pirates, and Marlins. Can you dream of a better schedule? Mm, yeah, but I have weird dreams. You do. <laughs> <laughs> dreams. You know nothing about my dreams. Chris, um, Chris tells me all the time. She's like, I'm terrified. I don't know what to say. <laughs> he just wakes up screaming. Dylan Bundy. <laughs> Dylan Bundy. <laughs> we. <laughs> Sydney Ponson. Sid, no, don't go to Aruba. Um, <laughs> all right. So, and that's the thing too. I guess I should I should bring it back to this. Um, what is the fifty? What is the percentage breakdown we're talking about when it's schedule and stuff? Because Ranger Suarez is a good example of that. Yeah, we don't. Oh, that that's the the that age old question of like, how do you define that give and take? Right, to balance. Um, I think it's a case of. You know, when we talked about this actually in the preseason, 
um, I think it was on Justin Mason's uh, Podpalooza. I uh, there's a, you know he brought in all the streaming people, so of course SB streamers there, Mikey, Michael Simeon. Uh, we all agreed on what's most important when it comes to first picking a streamer. Is it just how good they are? Is it their matchup? It's like yeah, their matchup first, and then we assess how good the player is to be able to take advantage of it or not, right? Mm-hmm. And Suarez does enough. It's not the greatest mix of a fastball changeup, essentially. Um, but he showcased that it's enough. And these teams are... I mean, you got your meh Orioles there on the mm-hmm. road. But it's uh, that's that's really the first question when it comes into the likely start tier. Yeah, he's definitely got enough upside there, too, with that kind of weak schedule that he can, you know... I feel like I reiterate this every couple of months ago where it's like we're talking about categories, right? one of the ways that we're approaching this, unless you're in a points league, in which case this list would be a little bit different, but you you have categories in mind when you're making this. So we're talking about teams that the Phillies should beat. And we're talking about Ranger Suarez being good enough to be able to keep you uh, at least competitive in that win column. Um, and then being able to at least get you some strikeouts, right? I mean, he's yeah. been around five to seven in each of those. So he's not going to absolutely kill you there. I mean, he, he had a pretty poor stretch, but that was against the Dodgers. Um, but he's really up funny. seven I against was, the Rays. I was like, why does everyone care about Ranger Suarez? And also I'm like, oh, no, I got it now. I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't think he's amazing, but because of the schedule, I'm like, oh, okay. All right, I'm in. Yeah, so then theoretically, I guess you could say, there is some more amazing tendencies, but the schedule is what keeps him competitive when it comes to Eliezer Hernandez. Yeah, I mean, Eliezer needs to deal with uh, Atlanta, essentially, and that just felt like a deal breaker to me. Not to mention Eliezer, he hasn't quite put it together yet. Uh, his changeup is a little bit better in his last start than his slider, which is weird, um, considering that's the the pitch for him. Um, but he also throws low 90s, and I think he is a little susceptible to shorter starts and getting a little blown up. So it's it's not completely done with Eliezer. And where Ranger is, it feels a little bit more secure slightly with what he's doing. Um, but, uh, I mean, they're both they're both good starts. They're back-to-back. You know, just the fact that it was Atlanta was thrown in there for Eliezer was the tiebreaker. Did it hurt you to put Chris Flexen so high? Absolutely. But it's a, I, good, I, it's a good schedule. Yeah. You know, and, like, I, I recognize that Flexen is on a Vargas rule that, fine, here you go. <laughs> Just go and do that, you know? I mean, I put him, if you noticed, I put him at the end of the five start, guys. Yeah. Right? And I mean, it's Reynaldo Lopez the next one, but I need to also consider, I mean, Reynaldo, if he gets all five, he, yeah, it's a gorgeous schedule. But Rodon and, and Lucas Giolito need to come back um, before the end, and there is room for one to come back, but not two. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, he got that very poor quality start against the Diamondbacks in his last start. So maybe some some worry there, but it's also not going to be in Arizona, which uh, um, you brought up that very apt point about Arizona's home run splits when it comes to Woba. The last person that I want to talk about in this tier is a little bit of a shock to me, uh, and that's Daniel Lynch, because right now mm. it doesn't seem like he can handle many teams. I know, I know the White Sox are the White Sox, but... Six earned runs, three walks, two and two thirds innings. That's so that, he that cut that his out of the playoffs. That's, he cut his finger in that start, which I think messed up his command a bit. I uh, now hopefully he does make that next start with with cut finger. But I think what Daniel Lynch has showed in August, and he's had, man, I, I just been dreaming of Lynch having a smooth schedule, and this is finally where he would get it. Twins, Mariners, and Cleveland twice. I. Uh, if if Lynch is constantly making those starts, I want him on my teams. I think his slider gets a ton of whiffs. 
Um, and his fastball command is way better than we saw in that first uh, stint uh, with the team earlier this year. Uh, Daniel Lynch has been someone I've been narrowing my focus on for September for a while. Now's the time, I think, to go and get him. We have a fun opportunity right now that we don't get quite often uh, where I would like to know if uh, Aaron Savale, without looking because he's pitching right now, and that's what makes it fun, is a still ill or not against Minnesota. Yes. He is a still ill. You're not starting Aaron Savale against Minnesota. Yeah, I have no idea what he's doing. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, I'm uh, saying, like, I haven't even followed. I imagine his pitch count is decently high and stuff, but he's been removed for so long uh, that I'm just, I don't know where your stuff is at. So that's what I mean. Gotcha. All right, let's move in. Oh, you want to know what it is now? Uh, Has it started? It has started. It started at six. It was early. Uh, We'll check at the end. We'll check at the end. We'll check at the end. That's okay. okay, All right. Uh, I don't even know if he's okay. Yeah, I'll wait to tell you the answer there. Uh, <laughs> he's still in. Oh no, <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, I, I don't know what his pitch count is. Um, right. Okay, let's move into mm-hmm. the questionable tier here. So, again, really just kind of case by case here, a mixture of stuff, and then what stuff means against uh, that schedule. Like, for example, if Tristan McKenzie had a slightly easier schedule, he moves up. Yeah, to- he'd be higher up. But it, it yeah, it, it is tough. It's really only one gimme. Of the Royals, and that's at the end of it, too. Because keep in mind, I mean, Tristan McKenzie's in a good place now, but you guys have seen the list. You know how this stuff changes, especially in the back half. And I, I mean, I'm making predictions for four weeks down the road, you know? That's yeah. huge. We, we have no idea what's going on by then. Uh, so he gets Minnesota, Minnesota, the Yankees, and White Sox, but if everything, of course, stays as it is. And I recognize he's in a good place now, but I don't know if he's going to be there ne- uh, next week or two weeks or so. Yeah, this is, I mean, this questionable tier also makes a lot of sense. And it really kind of does skew a little bit towards not the highest of the high when it comes to ceiling, uh, aside from a few, right? Like um, Zach Allen, great ceiling, hasn't quite figured it out, just gets Texas and then gets just a yeah. brutal. Now, the thing is about Gallon is that if he is cruising, like he can take those teams down. But it's yeah. just we don't I don't know if he's going to be there by that time. Here's another fun hat to put on. Oh, fun if one. I could just play. Yeah. A, uh, Does it have uh, a little, uh, you know, the, the spinner at the top? I wouldn't say that. No. Um, I don't I know if it's that wheel. fun. Um, I but I do like. Uh, uh, um, oh, it's not. Um, What's a? It's not a haber, haberdasher. What? Uh, is it a milliner? Um, yes, it's a milliner. It's a milliner. What is a milliner? A milliner is someone who designs, manufactures, and sells hats. Um, okay. Whereas a haberdasher is someone who sells uh, things for knitting and sewing, like ribbons and stuff. I, um, I don't see the point of this, but okay. Well, we're talking about many hats, and I'm oh, going to be the milliner. Right for a second sure. and then i was like oh is it a haberdasher no it's not a haberdasher <laughs> you know it's on another note we might go a little bit long on this podcast <laughs> but we also have the name of the cast which is the haberdashers and the milliners um <laughs> is it though uh the thing about zach gallon uh, uh, and the rest of the season schedule and the other hat that we're wearing hence the milliner is what this does for future value in terms of next year's drafts because ah, right. if, even if zach gallon gets shellacked by those teams, I'm still drafting Gallon. You know, I, I hope he gets shellacked. Let him fall. Let him, and then just well, yeah. Know. We say that I, I'm with you. Um, you know, we say this a lot, 
uh, of like, it's so much easier to say that sitting here now and then enduring the entire cold winter that makes you think about these thoughts. And then you all of a sudden it's uh, it's March and you see that the ADP of Gallon is as a 75th starting pitcher or whatever. And you're like, man, but everyone thinks no. And oh, I don't know about this. Uh, I'm with you, though. I think like Zach Gallon's going to be. I'm going to be debating him, putting him probably like the 50s or 40s or something next year. And I was going to be like, no, I don't want to touch Zach Gallon. Oh. Blah, blah. All, yeah. First of all, all the more reason then to go with our opinions right now, because we're, we're nah. you know what I mean? We're, we're sure of our convictions. I I don't have a problem just considering this like a pretty lost season and, and saying. Oh, right. That That's how I feel. Yeah. So then it top. I, what, I know. I probably even say 30. Top I'm, 50. I'm, Come on, okay. Nick. Hold on. It's a, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I am really bad at uh, in season figuring out the next next year's rankings. OK, I'm so uh, well, bad. I just at got this. scared. I got scared. I'm going to take a gamble at this or like a a shot at it in a month. So, what I mean, and in five weeks, right? Cause, no, four weeks. Once the season ends. Where am I? That's what I do on, <laughs> on on the Monday after the season ends. I've done in yeah. previous weeks, waited a full week. I'm not going to do that this year. I'm going to put myself through it. I, all I want is a break at the end. I'm like, no, Nick, just, yeah, just one more day. Through. Yeah, figure it One out. One more day. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, Gallon could be a lot of fun falling to everyone's like SP3 for next year. Like that could just be primo. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to tell you so many times that people are going to say to fade him. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be like, yeah, that's your opinion, man. Yeah. So other guys, theoretically, with high upside that do not get the benefit of the schedule. Jordan Montgomery. That's brutal. Toronto so, then Baltimore, Cleveland, Boston, Tampa Bay. One thing I will say is... Um, the Jordan Montgomery schedule is, is going to be a little different because of Luis Heal. Ah, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's confirmed to start now, right? Yeah, and when's on Wednesday, so that one's already like okay, a little different, but still not great. It's going to be very okay. similar to this one. Okay, um, Hyunjin Ryu, any 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 thoughts there about questionable? If Velocity he had easy was schedule? up two ticks. Yeah, all of a sudden he was throwing like ninety, uh, sorry, eighty nine point eight. All of a sudden it was ninety one point eight in that great start against the Yankees over the weekend. So that's cool. Mm. I wish I knew more that these, you know, before I had to do something like this to say like, oh, yeah, it's not just a one time thing. We've seen so many guys show up for like extra two ticks of velocity one day. Like Chris Bubich did that. That was cool. Michael Walker does it every blue moon and he's a werewolf because of it. (laughs) Right. Uh, Full moon, I should say. But it's, you know, I don't know if that all of a sudden is everything for Hyunjin Ryu moving forward. But if he does, then that could actually turn out really well. But if it doesn't, he would be in the unlikely tier so at least he has some semblance of hope now so what about uh that is nice to know that he's got a semblance of hope and i just like that phrase to begin with um eli morgan had a very interesting start this past weekend uh, where i believe he gets uh, yeah sorry yeah please please he had 14 whiffs on that on that heater i know crazy it's like a 91 mile per hour fastball and this was also even crazier against Boston, who he had just faced before. And then he was like, I'm not throwing that change up again. He went like, I think he, I think he threw like maybe 71 heat. It was like something insane. It was like a lot of heaters. Yeah, I think it was um, 71% fastballs. So with Morgan, I think he's, his volatility is rooted not in matchups, but in do I have my fastball command today? He's <laughs> not like Yoda. Your volatility is matched not in your fastball. <laughs> but in your, oh that is God. too structurally sound of a sentence to be Yoda. Okay. Wait, you know who actually says it? 
I know who says it. Who? The Whiff Whiz. The Whiff Whiz. <laughs> Absolutely the Whiff Whiz. <laughs> we need to have like a segment over, the, over the winter. It yeah. The, this, oh, oh, man. I don't know who to choose. Who do I choose? Talk to me, uh, Whiff Whiz. The worst D&D character ever. <laughs> it is I, the Whiff Whiz. You have <laughs> called my name. <laughs> yep. I'm so sorry, everybody, as I cough away still. My God. People are like, great. When did this go off the rails? The Whiff Whiz is back. We never bring back (laughs) recurring characters. Uh, I I still think of Josiah, you know. Josiah. Josiah Josiah Gray. Um, All right, but yeah. The cake case. A lot of great things this season. (laughs) It's case cake. It's case (laughs) cake. Uh, Who's that guy at the diner? Oh, newspaper Joe. (laughs) Yeah, we oh, should uh, we should have Sperry if he was been listening the entire year and have like a little montage of the stupidity. That <laughs> I would like to see them all animated. What is oh all man, um, yeah. If you are a YouTube animator, we want to talk to you. Uh, That's actual true. Illustrator animator. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Eli Morgan. So, okay. If he has this fastball, it will work. If not, then it won't. De- independent of the matchup, there are some other shockers here too. Um, <laughs> Jackson Cower, I mean, he starts. He's got two blowups. Yeah, I debated runs. With this a lot. Okay. I uh, well, he came back, so it's kind of funny. He threw six innings, which was more than all the innings that he had in the three games. I think he pitched before something ridiculous like that, or he went seven, and he looked so much better. Ninety-six mile per hour fastball with a changeup that was legit or good enough, and I think that actually is more of a legit pitch than we even saw in that start. And I can see myself possibly streaming him moving forward. I mean, it's not a bad schedule at all. Uh, we have Orioles, Athletics, uh, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota. I can see myself starting him for all of them. Maybe not the Athletics, but even that is, uh, if he does really well against Baltimore, I could see myself starting him against the Athletics. So what about some other shockers on this list? Joe Ryan's had one start. Joe Ryan needs to get picked up by all. Uh, wow. Five innings this. you've seen. Look at this outing. I mean, sorry, look at the schedule. Cleveland, Cleveland, the Cubs, the Tigers. He's good enough. Like, a slider is good enough. Like, the, the stuff is fine. Like, it, it, essentially, if you are a Toby with that schedule, I'm the game. And he's rostered in under 10% of leagues. Joe Ryan, despite having two first names, and I don't trust guys with two first names, okay, I'm still going to go with Joe Ryan here. I, no, I think this is an underrated play for September. No one's picked him up because everyone's Googling Ryan Joe. because They're all getting confused about which comes first. And they're like, ah, I guess he got picked up. Yeah, there you go. I the, He's the new junior. <laughs> <laughs> new junior. Uh, JR. Wait, like, okay. Oh, I thought you meant the new junior. You're making some reference to the old to- Arnold Schwarzenegger film. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Griffey, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, some other <laughs> talking about Danny DeVito and oh, not that that's twins. Oh my god! All right. Yeah. Oh, see. Oh, wow. You really ruined this one. Yeah, I totally did. I'm so sorry. Uh, some other fun <laughs> names on this list. I mean, yeah, these are all guys that you're like, it's getting there. It's like, all right, I kind of need to get a few yeah. more K's. I kind of need to so get a few this more. Is what I was saying before, it's like three starts or like two to three starts that you're like, all right, this can be okay. Like at the very end is Bailey Ober, who originally was in the unlikely one. He only gets two starts that are worth your time, Kansas City twice. But I think his stuff is actually legit. And it looks like Michael Pineda might be starting separately instead of splitting it with Bailey Ober moving forward. And maybe if he's so good, you know, if he really is killing against the Royals, I could see 
one of those two Toronto starts possibly going his way. So I said, fine, I'll put him at the very end of the questionable tier. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's just generally how it is. Like Jose Suarez is three starts against the Mariners back to back to back. Like that could work. Yeah. And he's, I think if I correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he's the one who's coming off of his longest start of the year with the most K's too. I believe for the first time this year, he went over six innings. Yeah. It was the first time this year he had a complete game against Texas with eight K's through a hundred pitches. Uh, very first time over six innings, which I thought was wow. kind of surprising. Um, let's move. The, you start off this unlikely tier very hot. Would you let you already did it in your roundup? But would you like to take this time on the podcast to publicly apologize to Anthony Descalfani? I mean, yes, but he still gets cores twice and and the Padres twice and Atlanta. Yeah, but man, it was nice to see him really overcome the Dodgers in that final about, start. You know, it, it is it is a wonderful, uh, you know, climactic arc for his for his entire season. The sixth time facing the Dodgers. Unbelievable. Um Nestor Cortez Jr. continues to defy all logic, both in his pitching mechanics uh, and in his success. I mean, I don't know if people realize Nestor Cortez Jr. has a 2.67 ERA in 67 and a third. And it's kind of nuts. Now, there is this is kind of the question that I was kind of pondering when I was thinking about him. There's obviously many signs that point towards regression, that gap between the ERA and FIP. The 83% left on base rate doesn't scream it, but the 259 Babip does. Does he have the bizarre enough um, mechanics and is his ability to mess with timing enough to sustain those gaps? So definitely read uh, Zach Hayes' article, Messing with Timing. And I think that the real takeaway that he had was it kind of messes around with that bats a bit. Uh, with just uh, less so of like the actual pitch itself. Mm-hmm. But more about the general results are in his favor if you do that, which is, I think, kind of cool. Um, but I I think, I mean, I, this is how I see this playing out. Um, Nestor Cortez Jr. goes against the Jays, does not do well. And then maybe he's all right for the Twins and Cleveland, but then is not good for the Red Sox and Jays after that. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I guess, you know, now we're kind of getting to the point where, like, it's a game of attrition and you know, a lot of these guys aren't going to be available. You're trying to get into your, at that point, if it's Boston, you're in the playoffs and where you are is dictating what's happening to you. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. If it's not over already. Um, Some other names who are, you know, a kind of interesting to me, at least I'm, I'm really kicking myself. I, I am, you know, doing my best to try and win tout wars. And I, I'm a li- getting a little behind in uh, innings. I, I, I lost to, to Frank. He had a fantastic week. I Wheeler messed me up on the Monday and then didn't pitch again on Sunday. And I'm sadly out of tout wars from the playoffs. So that my stinks. dream is dead. Your dream is dead. But and I apologize. And he had a great season. He had a great season. He just got burned I, I, by some. Two I, I poor came starts. back from uh, from. I, I almost got. If I faced anyone else, the final week, it would have had a bye. Um, I just got the second most points and went against the first. But so it goes. Uh, that is uh, that is life. That's baseball. Luck. It, take it down. I'm doing my best, and it's going to be a nail-biter. And, man, is this going to stress me out. But one person I was thinking about streaming because of this easy schedule and because of some recent success was Bryce Wilson who had an okay start against Detroit, six innings pitch, three earned runs, two walks, four Ks on 83 pitches. So he gets the very poor quality start. 
But then, yeah, Washington, Miami, Philly, Chicago, he's he's been really inconsistent. He for every seven K game, there's been a one strikeout game. So there's there's a lot of inconsistency there. Is that inconsistency what kept him in the oh, yeah. unlikely? Yeah, we, we don't know what. What is going to come out of that repertoire from uh, Bryce Wilson on the given night right now? I mean, he could take advantage of the Washington, uh, the Marlins, Phillies, and Cubs, but we just don't know. Uh, it's funny you mentioned 1K and you have Randy Dobnak right above mm-hmm. with Cleveland twice, the the Cubs and Tigers. Just think essentially um, what Joe Ryan has, and it's also Randy Dobnak pretty much getting that, which is very intriguing. And that maybe could go his way too. Um, I thought, uh, uh, yeah, I mean... It's 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 close with Bryce Wilson. Uh, I I haven't really seen him be consistent for a very long time, and uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully he can be that. Uh, we mentioned one tiara earlier. Is Corey Kluber another? Ooh, mm, I mean his curveball has been good the past two starts, and his fastball velocity was under ninety, and then it became ninety. And I really wanted to see. I want to see ninety one, ninety two from that. Um, it could get there. As of right now, I'd be very cautious starting against the Mets, even though that is a fortunate matchup. And then the Orioles and Texas follow, and those two starts, hopefully, he gives you something in that Mets start to feel confident about it. But I'm not feeling good about that. Then it's the Red Sox and Rays after, and oh, no. Yeah. Um, a lot of the remaining guys in this unlikely tier are low stuff, poor starts, talking a lot about like Ryan Yarbrough, about Mike Miner, Tyler Gilbert with the tough schedule, Miles Michaelis with the tough schedule, and the stuff is a little bit iffy. So with that said, let's move into the guys who you're just like, you really shouldn't start this. This isn't you really, really shouldn't start. We're in <laughs> do not start. We're not in do not. Yeah. But we're going to start off with with Chris Archer. He leads off the do not start tier. Fairly easy schedule with Detroit back-to-back and then Miami before that absolutely not starting against the Yankees. What's your yeah, logic if here? If it was reversed, I actually would be more encouraged because I think Archer needs more time to get back into the groove and ability to really feel that fastball-slider combination. Uh, I I would be worried starting him right now. He's just not there. He's not also fully stretched out. and He's not a finished product yet, so... I'd be hesitant there. And also, Patrick Corbin, I gotta say... <laughs> what demon... Made you put him in do not start as opposed to do not. Oh, come on. That it's, schedule. It's it's the Pittsburgh Pirates and Rocky Road in Miami. And he's still throwing 93-94 with double digit slider whiffs in games. It's the weirdest thing to me fast. It is the most befuddling like you should not be doing this. But friends don't let friends start. I, I, I put him in do not start. The words are not maybe start. They are do not start. The, I don't see that as the be, lowest tier. To be in this tier is you are going to get enough innings consistently. You literally Three are you in a situation. Six runs against Miami. Yeah, yeah. I Okay. You are in a position where you theoretically can express a ceiling. Which he, I mean, he's a werewolf right now. <laughs> like he does it once a month. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just... Is Scott Casimir going to do this? Is Chichi Gonzalez? <laughs> okay. No. What do you want? No, but then theoretically, if neither of them are going to do it, then neither is. Oh, I hear what you're saying. I was going to say Patrick Corbin isn't going to do it either. But I hear what you're saying. I, under, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I understand. And he what has you're three. Saying. He has like the easiest three like teams you could face to do this. You know. His, yeah. You know, his Sierra is still is 463, which I'm saying as a positive, 
because it's a six fourteen <laughs> ERA. Uh, I, I I haven't actually looked at any of this, by the way. I haven't. Uh, I don't really look at ex, uh, well like um like ERA ex, uh, expectors and stuff. I just look at everything else, and I was just getting really curious because I I mean it's an eighteen percent strikeout rate, but I have to I feel like it. I'm just so shocked by it. I know it it, it defies logic. Um, as does Chris Paddock's future schedule. XFIP is 434. That ain't so bad. <laughs> uh, we all know how I feel about XFIP. Um, we feel about it, yes. Not our favorite. And, uh, here you are. But Chris Paddock, Dodgers, Giants, Giants, Dodgers, Giants. Oh, my God. Guess how that many is... whiffs he had in 63 pitches. Are you still time. talking about Patrick Corbin? No. Oh, okay. How Chris many? Paddock. How many whiffs he had in how many pitches? So he went six innings, 300 runs. Mm-hmm. In sixty-three pitches, how many how many whiffs did Chris Paddock have? Uh, eighteen. One. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Lordy! Not a single strikeout. Oh, eighteen God. for eighteen outs in the field. And now he gets yeah. It's the worst. It's the worst. The Dodgers, the Giants, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Giants. <laughs> That is unbelievable. So how many? He threw sixty pitches. He had a nineteen CSW. Oh boy! Yeah. So I'm gonna go talk about that. You you have me curious because you always do this to me, even though you don't realize that you do it. Um, I I, I know I do it. Don't worry. I want to know the lowest CSW in a start from a starting pitcher this year with Mm -hmm. a minimum. 50 pitches minimum total 50 pitches and i want to see what the lowest csw 13 percent is what i've seen oh it, it got it is a little bit lower now it's a little bit lower starters or also relievers? this is this is just people who made this is by game date yeah, yeah so okay. it's yeah. a person who had to have started and thrown at least 50 pitches lower than like 11 percent. 11 percent is the lowest who threw it Josh Fleming, which is surprising. Oh, he had some okay. upside. Yeah. He had some upside there. Uh Martin Perez at 12%. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce Wilson at 12%. Yeah. 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 And Drew Smiley at about 12%. Mm. Wow. <laughs> that is just brutal. I mean, next next one is Max Scherzer. <laughs> what do you mean? Of course not. You know, that, no, I was gonna say, I, I oh, want yeah, like a good that. definition of saying like why these guys are what they are. Oh, yeah. The, the Max Scherzer's lowest, that is funny, is 1,158 out of every start. Yeah, this list is is not pretty. I mean, Smiley, Flexen, Oviedo, Cueto. Wilson's yeah. on here twice. Wilson's had two sub-15% CSW yeah, starts. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Good googly moogly. Um, all right. The rest of this list is, guys, it's, it's not great. I mean, we're talking, we're, we're down to the to the Dylan Peters, Humberto Castellanos, Colby Allard tier. Yeah. Right so now. I do want to mention two guys and they're both on the nationals and not named Patrick Corbin. I swear. Okay. Uh, actually three, um, Paulo Espino and Fed, uh, who gets the, the pirates and, and the Rockies. Okay. He's not someone who goes long often, but he's had these starts of a lot of whiffs and had some success with it. Um, there's Eric Fede. Don't trust the feds unless he plays the Marlins and guess what? He gets them twice. Mm. Um, and then Eric Lauer, 
who has had some stretches at times, and he gets the Phillies, Tigers, Cardinals, and Mets. Those are the three, if I was really desperate in this tier searching for stuff, I think I might go for. I know it's not the rankings that you see, but like you see, there is a reason for all of it. Like Drew Rasmussen's here because he throws 97. Just doesn't have a secondary pitch in them, and the reason let him go more than five. Um, Matt Manning could do really good things against the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right, fine. Mitch Keller just had his best start, so he's against Detroit. Okay. Chris Bubich gets the Twins, Mariners, Tigers, Twins, and we've actually seen Bubich act like a proper Toby multiple times. Um, and that's kind of why those guys are around there too. But I think if I had to be like, all right, I need someone for multiple starts, could be Espino, Lauer, and Fede. Ooh, I feel so dirty saying that. <laughs> I need a well, if you feel dirty saying that, you're probably going to feel dirty talking about the remainder of the people on this list who are in the do not <laughs> tier, uh, which is just great. And you want to say those names? Say the names? Sure. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Lambert. Who just Tyler got called Alexander. up, by the way. Just That's only one. He just got called up to today for the White Sox and probably isn't making those stars. It's just this one, likely. Okay. Tyler Alexander, Sean Nolan, um, Willie Peralta. Jake Arietta, Matt Moore, Koiari Hara. Yeah, we don't know if he uh, is or not. Yeah. John Gant, uh, Packy Naughton, Andre Jackson, Scott Casimir. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> Dallas Keuchel, Chichi Gonzalez, Adrian Sampson, Alexander Wells, Chris Ellis, Keegan Aiken, and Matt Harvey. It's just yes. really burn on Matt Harvey. Yep. But so, I, okay. So, I, I didn't actually rank these. Uh, I didn't really rank them at all because I was just like, just get into this tier of do not. I can understand someone saying Dallas Keuchel for four decent starts in that winning ball club. I'll take that all day. He has been so bad. It's been uh, that. So that's what I was going to bring up first. So for those who don't know, he has given up 16 earned runs in his last nine innings pitched. Uh, and that's over <laughs> no. three starts. That's over three starts. Uh, it that's was five because. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly a 16 year A because it's yeah, nine innings. It's 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 unbelievable. It's 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 really poor. I get like so uh, here's the thing. Let's say he turns around against Oakland. Is then you move him up to just the regular do not start against LA and Texas? Uh, that's my response. I gotta ask the hard hidden questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't believe he will. That's the thing. I just don't. Yeah, so that's why I see here. Neither but yeah, if there's someone that you're like, there's any hope, I guess it's that. Uh, uh, Sean Nolan is no Lynn. So <laughs> not so much there. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, do you want to say anything about your Orioles? No. Oh, well, okay. So Bauman got called up. Uh, Michael Bauman. Right. So that happened a, a like late into the thing. I was like, I'm too committed. No, that's fine. Um, and but here's the thing too. There's not been a there's not been an announced date for a start for him either. Right. Um, and to be honest, I'm kind of hoping that they do the Rays approach and just let him come out of the bullpen and just mm. let him. And also, like he's, I, I like I, I don't know if I'm fully sold on the stuff yet. It's a really really good fastball with some okay breakers. A lot of success at AAA, not a lot of success at AA this year. Um, so I'd want to see that. I like I would need to see some an outing before I'd be like, oh, this is an interesting start. May I think we get Philly at one point. Um, so maybe- yeah, you have Chris Ellis and Keegan Aiken going against him. I think uh, means does too. Yeah. yeah, it's just a question of who do you want him to slot. Like, what spot do you want him to take in this rotation? 
if he gets Philly or Texas, then if he get if he has an outing beforehand, and even if he gets blown up against Toronto and New York, and I and that fastball and and yeah, uh, the, you like look the good that he's doing, yeah, right, yeah, then I'd be like, okay, Texas could be a pretty fun stream because that could also be a nice win. I, I think we we can win a game against Texas, um, but yeah, that there's a lot of wait and see there. Um, we have. Is there anyone else in the do do not? No, I want I want to hear about Aaron Savali now. You want to hear about Aaron Savale? So I'm going to go ahead and and load this page. Aaron Savale. Mm. I'm going to bail you out. The name of the list is it's horribly wrong. Therefore, nothing you say can stick against you. Uh, Aaron Savale, four innings pitched, no earned runs, two hits, four Ks, no walks against the Minnesota Twins. We're looking at a 27% CSW. With seven whiffs overall so far, uh, three on the splitter. Interesting. Splitter. 15 splitters. Mm. He has thrown seven pitch types. One, two, three, four. Excuse me. Six pitch types. The splitter he has gone to the most. Very interesting. Yeah. Pretty, pretty interesting. (laughs) I mean, okay, I'm looking at it. I see a 20% CSW on it, but he is getting some balls in place. So probably some outs on it. Um, but hmm. that's a lot of splitters for our boy. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, Interesting. I'm glad to hear that he's having success. That's all um, we it, want. It's all, it is what we want. It's not all we want, but it's what we want. I want. I I'm curious how the rest is going to play out. His curveball looks like it's doing well so far. Only eighth round, but already has three whiffs to it. At at this point, uh, something tells me that as soon as we see another hit. He's at, well, he's at 55 pitches. So you got to yeah, think that's maybe really go. good through four. Yeah, totally. So I think maybe they let him go another one, another one, um, okay, you know, get him up to 75 pitches uh, and, and that'll be great. But Nick fast, you did it. It's time you for you to it. go relax. Put your feet up. I, I have you meetings go by like an hour. I got to cancel them. This is the long day. No, no, tomorrow is the day of a little bit more relaxation. All right. Well, tomorrow. I think you should go by Dreamscaper. I think you should play <laughs> a little bit tonight. Um, but that is going to do it for episode number 274 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week.